I bought yeah. the dumbest named special or remaster ever. The oh, got remastered. Girls remastered. I saw that <laughs> Snapchat. Great game. It well, makes it's, you know but, what? Yeah, Red Master. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I know, I like Red Master. <laughs> yeah, let's just take it to the extra level. Yeah. Red Mastered Faction Gorillas. No, what makes <laughs> that game makes me realize that like. Chris Love, big boom boom, big explosion, <laughs> blow up building. Like that's what it makes me you feel know, like. You know, it's like the, why do I like that game? The history the of buildings <laughs> fall down. I love it. The history of Volition's like tech is now twice. I thought that those games would have ended up being more influential than they really were, because when GeoMod, I guess it was like 1.0, and then I like back when Red Faction originally came yeah. out for the PC and PS2, I was like, oh man, we're gonna see this in like every game. Like <laughs> yeah. I pulled like like you know the same way people said about the Nemesis system in the Shadow of Mordor, yeah, and it like never appeared in anything. <laughs> and then when uh whoa, and then <laughs> everybody when, just got yeah. it across the board. But then it's cheese time. Wait, is is that your cheese alarm? Yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> You can't just leave that unexplained. No, no, actually, no. I go know, ahead. I know exactly. Yeah, I do. What it is. I do too. Oh, okay. just for our listeners, it's a it's a hot bun mystery. It's cheese time at five o'clock p.m. Everybody, cheese time. If you're listening, it's five o'clock p.m. Get out your cheese. Yeah, pull out your cheese sticks now. Yeah. All right. So then, when Red Faction Gorilla came out, and this was 2009. Do you ever see any of the, all the behind the scenes stuff where they're just like? All our programmers, like, did research in engineering and, like, structural integrity and physics for how buildings are structured and how they withstand, like, stress and, and yeah. how they fall apart. <laughs> and, and it was, like, so much work to be put in just this, this bombastic, stupid thing. For me to go, thing. hammer cross building, yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and, and I was like, oh, man, I was like, this, and again, I flashed back to that original game where I was just like, oh, we're going to see this everywhere in a few years. Like, yeah. every game is going to do it. I said this when we were talking never about happened. it. Never happened. Because people are just like, it's like Red Faction where you hit the buildings and they come down, but, like, you're <laughs> a secret agent. And it's like, you know what made Red Faction Guerrilla so good? Was because yeah. your objective was to fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah. that was really what was, was good about that. Nobody understands yeah. that. Yeah. Big dum dum me, love yeah. big boom boom. That's, what I'm That's Nobody, what the game so good. Nobody understood that about that game where they're just like, I don't get it. We made a physics engine that's better where buildings collapse. And he's like, yeah, but the point of is your game fun? is not yeah. to collapse buildings to fuck with a government. That's what made that game good. Dude, just there's no better feeling than running a dump truck just. <laughs> oh, one of the first things I did it was like, oh, here's an important target. You just throw Put some bombs all over a truck, yeah. ramp it over into a building, smash it into a jump out and blow it up. No, the best was the backpack that uh, made you do the rhino charge, and you just oh, yeah. rhino charge yeah, through the bottom of a right. building and it just falls. What if that dude, who's the main character? I think it's like Alec uh, Mason. Mason. Alec, Alec Mason. Mason. And instead, what if instead he just had no real internal politics at all? He was just like a sociopath. <laughs> just looked like. <laughs> Every time it went to him, he's blank. It doesn't say anything. Yeah, just point him in the direction of the thing to destroy. <laughs> 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 You're a hero! You've done it again! <laughs> and he just rips that guy in half. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What a game. 
All right. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Our series on spooky, scary stories is uh, now over. Yeah, so, round of applause. Yeah, it's yeah. November now, it guys. Is. Yeah. Halloween put on, happened. Put on the your... devil got resurrected or whatever <laughs> happened. Put on your Thanksgiving hats. We got a yes. whole month of... Uh, <laughs> no. Turkey and genocide. <laughs> But it's now time to once again get back into the rhythm of classic hot button goodness. Today's going to be a real fun one. Yeah, let's do it unclassically. <laughs> yeah. So often there are releases out there that feel kind of culturally inescapable. World of Warcraft, Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto, all titles with huge and dedicated communities whose inner stories can seem to break right on through to the mainstream. Event Rising, you forgot about that. Yeah, I did, yeah, sorry. <laughs> But what about games of the true underground? A game with its own personal timeline of insane, unique experiences that most people in and outside of the hobby have likely never even heard of. A game with its own economic competition and ongoing warfare. A game with its own political schemes, orchestrated alliances and backstabbings. A game with real-world rivalries and consequences. I'm talking, of course, about EVE Online, a space-based MMORPG launched across the globe all the way back in 2003 and still continues to this day to fill its history books with insane events participated by the title's exceptionally passionate player base. It was developed by CCP Games. I believe uh, it was even their first project, which is pretty crazy. Now, to give a full rundown on the game's Bible would be virtually impossible. This thing may as well be its own country at this point with the you amount could, of history it do, contains. You could do a I was trying to figure out a class. good reference. Yeah, you yeah. said it could be its own country. I think you, could, you could do a history class on the history of Yvonne Online. Yes, you like absolutely you could. fill could. 15 weeks of a college course. <laughs> oh, yeah, could, yeah, like much of it, and you you brought this up to me, much of it may not have been, have been like properly documented yeah. either. You talk about, yeah, I think the other night at my house, you were talking about how like uh, history is written by the, those who win Victor, the war. Yeah. yeah, by the victors. One of the uh, journalists who covers this, who's kind of like the become the unofficial Eve historian. He talked what about his early days when he was talking to a player who was a pretty popular pirate right. that all of her posts on the forums were all like very like, these people are assholes. And, like, <laughs> I'm the best. Like all this stuff. Like it was very, very it's all the influence like, you need. Yeah, yeah. Very shifted. Um, yeah, no, so no, instead we are here today to just give you some cherry-picked highlights of a few of the most fascinating tales from within the world of what is Eve Online. I'm Randall Beatrice, here as always with Austin Blakesley. Yeah, yeah. And host for today, Chris Anatuano. I'm doing this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm already going to thank you in advance for all your research because I know this topic has interested you for a long time since we started this. I think we, we've even brought it up on like previous podcasts yeah. before, but I wouldn't even know where the fuck to start. Uh, I didn't game, either, so. and it was only yeah. last night as I was finishing this up that I regretted saying I would do this topic <laughs> and I wish I'd picked something else. <laughs> all right. So... This won't be... Oh, first of all, I get to read off an iPad. I've always wanted to do this yeah. while we're uh, doing it. Do you it. want a clipboard instead? That would also work. Yeah. <laughs> I, we also talked about how I had to make the font extra big because yeah. I'm getting old and my yeah, eyes are failing. The previous script you had, the font was at like, I don't know, four? <laughs> it was ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, this won't be a typical kind of hot button episode. Usually there's more fart stated. sounds. Yeah. Um, usually we pick a topic, take a it deep dive <laughs> into researching it, structure some sort of narrative, and then talk about movies or penises instead of the subject matter for two hours. <laughs> my favorite. So, that's not going to happen. As Randall said, EVE is an insanely complex and expansive game with 16 years 
of player-generated history. To talk linearly and to get into the fine details of that history would likely be boring to anyone without an intense curiosity. It would also encompass far more than one episode worth. And uh, oh, yeah. if it doesn't already have one, it surely deserves its own dedicated podcast for cataloging and analyzing its past. I feel like there's got to be one. I I'm sure know. there is. I didn't bother to look yeah, it up because I have to get stuck. <laughs> if you are interested in the minutiae, then I highly recommend the book Empires of Eve, A History of the Great Wars of Eve by Andrew Groen. He's the guy I talked about who was a journalist turned unofficial Eve historian. Oh, jeez. Um, That's em- great. <laughs> Empires of Eve has a volume one and recently fully kickstarted instant take. He was Man. on stage at FanFest watching. I was watching a video and he's like, yeah, I haven't checked to see if it's funded. And somebody screamed like, it is. And he looked and it was like $400,000 overfunded. <laughs> like, Even that title sounds for the second volume, like yeah. powerful and elegant. Like, you know what I mean? It recounts in detail how the major events and players shaped and evolved the game world. Not only an observation of what makes this game so fascinating, but it also weaves in a cinematic narrative. It is still space battles after all. And there's two volumes of this? Yes. That's great. Um, Given its niche following, most people probably don't know too much about EVE. So our goal here today is to give a sampling of interesting stories and try to convey just how unique and spectacularly interesting this game really is. Oh yeah, I'm going to learn a lot. Because to me... It's only been on the outside, like just through osmosis of yeah. like. I read what I could find online, and I listened to a fan fest YouTube video of the guy Andrew Groen talking about right. the first seventy percent of his book. He literally mouthed the history, one oh, of his favorite shit. stories. He is very passionate. You could tell he got into it as just like a, oh, this looks cool. I'm a video game journalist, and yeah. then was like, oh my god, there's something here. Do you know if he's still actively playing? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I, I don't know if he okay. plays. Probably it takes enough time to study but it. <laughs> he's a journalist, so he had ties with CCP, so he had, and he could get and talk to people, and he's kind of like a trusted member of the community as far as cataloging their history. Oh, also, yes. we'll get into him later, but one of the particular factions of the game that's had lasted a long time has their own archive where they do a history of the game, and it's very, it's non biased. Right. They, they do a very good, like, straightforward history. So. Can't just use forums, though. <laughs> no, we'll find out why. Soon. So, Eve Online is a, deep breath, (laughs) space simulation persistent world massively multiplayer online video game. (laughs) Or online role-playing game, sorry. I like this abbreviation. (laughs) Yes. The SSPW MMORPG (laughs) was released in May 2003. I have that on a shirt. (laughs) Developed and published by Icelandic developer CCP Games, based out of Reykjavik, which is... Wow, you, I'm proud of you for pronouncing it. It's only because a friend of mine visited Iceland and talked oh, okay. to me heavily about it for yeah, like a month. Did you say Reykjavik? <laughs> uh, well, it's spelled, no, I mean, I wouldn't. It's also the only city in the country, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's more, but that's the only, that's the big one. Yeah. <laughs> so, CCP is mostly known for EVE Online. They have a number of other titles, such as. Eve Valkyrie, yeah, an FPS VR space combat sim set that. in the Eve universe. It was, it's not. It's now available for non VR. It was one of the only VR games that made me sick, so yeah. I'd be interested in trying it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, um, Gunjack and Gunjack Two End of Shift, both are VR arcade games where you operate a turret defending a mining operation in the Eve Online Is that universe. Like beachhead, like I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. Dust Five One Four, a first-person shooter for PlayStation Three, set in the Eve universe. Announced Project Nova, a class-based FPS set in the Eve universe, <laughs> and a VR sports game called Spark. 
that has nothing to do with the Eve universe, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, they have a tabletop RPG and a collectible card game set in the Eve universe. Great. There has to be one for every universe. You were telling me about that PS3 game the other night, and what a like, hugely ambitious thing yes. that just um, didn't... Let's touch on this real quick, because yeah. I actually didn't write about this, and I think it's cool. So, it's really obviously, idea, the joke but, I'm trying to make there is that CCP pretty much only does this shit. Yeah. Um, and that's fine and worth it, and like you said, it's their first title... They were incredibly ambitious from the beginning. Yeah. Evil Online is, by nature, an incredibly ambitious project. So just real quick to touch on this Dust 514, it's a first-person shooter, and I won't get into the details yet, but you'll see how it could work, that's supposed to be directly tied to the online yes. PC game. Yeah. While you're in space fighting in spaceships, Dust really is supposed cool to be idea. you on the planets fighting kind of planet-side style, and, and they can interact what, with you. Yeah, yeah. Like the Let's other... say you conquer a planet on the ground on PS3 and Dust, yeah. Now that planet belongs to that faction in the PC game where they're having space battles yeah. above the surface. Apparently the shooting was supposed to be like... Yeah, okay. ambitious idea, but making a big space sim is a lot different than making a competitive yeah. first-person shooters you were talking about at your house the yeah. other night. I don't know if it failed to find a player base. I found out that it did come out right before like Bioshock Infinite and The Last of Us and stuff like yeah. that. It like, didn't have a good release schedule. And also, yeah. like you were talking about, it's a crowded market. Yeah, you have to stand out in FPS, especially on console. And it was very mediocre yeah. FPS. I played it. How was it? You remember it was the co- right. when I saw the cover? I was like, I remember this game. Yeah, yeah. It looked like Mag on the cover. Yeah, it did look like Mag or Black. You remember yeah. that game? Oh yeah. God! All yeah. this generic. The, the whole FPS's. idea it affected Eve, but yeah. they were more ambitious from the start, where it was literally like. I'm sure Chris will get more into it, but whatever the currency of EVE Online was, it was literally like you could create a Dust514 profile, link it to your EVE Online profile, and then corporations in EVE Online would hire you as a mercenary to fight their ground battles for them, and then you would get (laughs) currency that would then be translatable back into EVE Online. So that really was meant to complement that larger game. but then I think it just ended up being like, it more affected like the political lore of Well, Eve? what's weird yes. is, like, yeah. I don't... Like, I'm not really sure why they just chose to go with PS3 for that relationship. Um, I guess I'm it was just sure easier either. to I sync. I think the deal like, the was with... They had a deal with Sony, but yeah. also... I think the PlayStation, something about their hardware or software makes it more conducive to cross-platform. Oh, that's why Maybe. Final yeah. Fantasy... Especially exactly. Stuff, the, uh, yeah. And uh, the Valve games, I think we yeah, talked about. Yeah, especially with the sort of stable it. network they would need it's, to make this happen. I do wonder if there was a percentage of people that bought that game thinking they were just getting, like, a, you know, a oh, competitive sure. shooter on console and then had no idea that it was... I'm sure there were A people. part of this much bigger thing. Okay, so the game is said to be inspired and modeled after Elite, which is a hugely successful and influential game that I never heard of from 1984. That would probably make sense as to why. Yeah, <laughs> I looked I, it yeah. up. It, wasn't up it was apparently a huge, huge inspiration. Any correlation to, to Elite like, Dangerous? <laughs> it's, it's Elite Dangerous is a modern Wait, sequel really? for yeah, Elite. No. Yes. That's why um, it's called Elite Dangerous. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, right. It's apparently said to inspire games like Grand Theft Auto because of its ambitious, oh, like crazy uh, player interactions, do whatever you want. Games like Freelancer, Wing Commander, Star Wing Citizen, Commander, yeah. No Man's Sky. You can see where the inspiration comes from. That's pretty big. Um, Elite was developed by David Braben or Braben and Ian Bell. And David Braben is actually a co-founder of Raspberry Pi, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. yeah, just like little people uh, attached all over the place. Yeah. People are definitely familiar with that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, what is the actual game? 
Well, that's a good question. <laughs> EVE Online gameplay centers around player pilots who control starships. Smaller ones like frigates or destroyers, up into cruisers, battleships, capital ships, motherships, carriers, and onto the infamous Submarines. Titans. Players can navigate manually, like flying, like, you know, your typical manual third-person kind of flying. Right. Or you can use commands like orbit this planet, dock here, etc., take a turn, that I'm kind glad of you stuff. explained it, because seeing, like, video, I, it, it doesn't like, make I don't sense. know what it's I'm looking at. It's all cinematic camera footage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can literally fly the ship, like, third-person physically yes, manually, yeah. or you can kind of just click it. And it's pretty of, cool. When you fly bigger ships, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the weapons themselves are all auto-target. You click attack a target, and a computer judges distance, velocity moving, hit chance, all that stuff, and does that. So, players make their way through a galaxy containing 7,500 star systems. That's a lot. All with their own asteroid fields, stargates, space stations, planets, and moon. And what makes this cool, it's all on a single server for every player in the that game. That blew me away. That's that it, it's the, one That's the thing to hammer home, universe, and that's is it. that, like, the reason that this game has a history, the reason that this game has books, the reason that, like... If you're good enough at EVE Online, you are in a history yeah. book now. Like, nobody, <laughs> yeah. you know, there there are people who do, like, server-first raids in WoW or, yeah. like, Destiny or something like that. And there's, like, you can find Reddit posts about, like, congratulations to this clan for getting the first yeah. raid completion for the new expansion or whatever. But there's no books about it because... There's a it's there's broken up. hundreds of yeah. server first raids because there's hundreds of servers for yeah. WoW. God, I wish every fucking R- MMORPG worked <laughs> well, this way. Like, Eve Online is like <laughs> if you are the yeah. top of the server, you're the top of Eve Online because there's one server. Yeah. Like, that's... There is nowadays a Chinese server specifically for Chinese players. Really? Can you no, only connect on like that IP? Ad- I like, think it has to do with that IP address and that yeah. language and the way the game's set up, and that should be no surprise given a separate the times we live in when this <laughs> episode is written. Yeah. That they require oh, a separate very... server and then they have their own test server they have a beta server where they roll out new things kind of like the arenas the and overwatch PTA, and PTR servers, yeah. yeah but there is one single server for every single one of these players oh that's great so here in this server players can trade mine build explore scheme and of course fight yeah the player advances by training skills, which is a passive process that happens in real time. So, you, hey, this skill takes three days to train. Click it. Three days have to pass. It works when your computer's off, when your account's logged out, all yes. that good stuff. I think this game is the beginning of the... Like, you ever see when um, both in and out of games... A lot of people that will pitch certain ideas and projects will be like, it's playing when you're not playing, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. It all seems born out of... like. Like this, like it, like just through parody of in cartoons right. and everything. Like so it. these skills allow pilots to uh, drive bigger and better ships and drive them more efficiently, and then master whatever trade they enjoy most. Even if that trade they enjoy most happens to be griefing. Long live Goon Squad. <laughs> so griefing is not usually allowed in most MMOs. However, here in Eve, stealing, extorting, backstabbing, racketeering, ransom, and piracy are all welcome. Yeah. <laughs> the exception being obvious harassment with no gain. Right. Yeah. If you consistently harass somebody and kill them with no sort of material gain, that's a different story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, aside from the freedom of making your own way in a vast, wild galaxy, the main driving force and one of the most notable aspects of this game is the largely player-driven economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what most of the game is about. 
NPCs do trade goods, and then there are some goods that can only be traded to and from NPCs, but a majority of the game's materials are handled by the players themselves. Power to the users, man. Like they, <laughs> So we have this giant single-player world where everybody uh, lives, and inside of it, these players have their own jobs. There are players who mine raw materials and process ores for production, or some salvage useful items and make materials that way. Some players literally play as traders. They buy and sell goods to generate <laughs> profits. Some players focus on just production of those raw materials that were mined and salvaged, and then they turn those and convert them into things like weapons and ammo and ships and useful technology, which are demanded and required by other players. And, of course, there are mercenaries, yes. pirates, and militaries ready to attack and defend for this profit is, or duty. Like, this is a true role-playing game. Absolutely. Like, th- this is like paving your own path for what you want your place in this collective universe to be like one of my biggest i guess problems in terms of um in more of like a personal way of playing a lot of the bigger you know online games now is that it's you're you're essentially like you're not sort of creating your own role you're choosing one i do like to role play if you yeah. if i were you ever watch me play skyrim i'm like this is my character i got a history you remember when i fought on that whole uh, a month back like it's like i i play oh, like yeah. that i role play in single player games so i play through all of red dead 2 like, same it, thing yeah. it's, it's hard to get into that in a lot of mm most when it's like destiny it's like you're the hero but it's like a hundred people just killed yeah. that big bad guy there's like you're yeah. like yeah there's like three other people in my party that kind of play a similar role you as just me, took down oryx i took down oryx last week <laughs> yeah that's yeah. why that's why i have trouble and this our sound guy is a notorious eso player who pushes it on everybody <laughs> around them and that's one of my issues with the game is for me the elder scrolls universe is historically role-playing and yeah. Don't get me wrong, ESO is very cool. It puts in my face, hey, look, everybody's doing this stuff. And it's like, that takes away from my immersion. The thing is, like, so I've been playing WoW Classic, which we will have have a (laughs) WoW Classic-themed episode soon by the end of the year. And we're not sure exactly the date. But there is a very interesting thing about that game because similarly to how you're talking about Destiny, it's like, Oh, you priest, you need to help me. This guy fell asleep and he's going to get killed. And then you go and click a button and wake the guy up. And then it's just like, but like, you also have to stand in a line and wait for the guy to respawn sleeping so that you can wake him up because there's a thousand people doing the same quest as you. Oh, you mean like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like all their thing about like them building out this lore and being like, you're a part of this battle. It's like, I'm not though, because this battle just respawned on a timer five minutes ago. (laughs) Like, but then you have the actual. I I mean, because it doesn't waste your time, but. Also, wow, waste your time. Oh, uh, wow. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I, yeah, I was, hold on. I was talking more no. for wasting I, I, your no, time. No, no, no. I, I was talking more about Destiny in the sense of like, if you need a yes. public event to do, you just wait like 90 seconds. Yeah, exactly, it. exactly. But the, the thing is that, like, the thing that Destiny little. and a lot of like the Division and stuff like the newer yeah, class of too. MMO are missing is like, when I got into WoW, you can pick professions. And that's like the thing. I did that yeah. when I played Final Fantasy XI, too. It's like, oh, I'm a professional fisher and a tailor, so I can mm-hmm. make cloth armor, and it's like... Something that other players who weren't that class would find yeah, useful. Yeah, but like, yeah. I'm also a priest, and priests need wands, and tailors and fishers or whatever, no, I think I'm a skinner. Tailors and skinners can't make wands. Enchanters can make wands, and that's another profession, so I had to find somebody who was an enchanter, it's a very forced community, and I had yeah. to pay them in order to make <laughs> me a wand. Yeah. And like, yeah. that social interaction, that little 
little bit of WoW is all of Eve. Yeah, and it's all on <laughs> yeah. one server. That's a good way. And do. they have like their own company economist to deal with the yeah, like. If, if you need like if you need a ship, you have to go to a guy who makes ships, and he got that materials from a guy who mined those materials. Usually, sometimes they're all into. Sorry, not a specific guy, but you know, a person who mined those yeah. materials. And I mean, he, in most games, an NPC would fill all of those roles. Uh, yeah. Most of those roles. Yeah. So yeah, but like in certain MMOs, like the big ones, like WoW and ESO and Final Fantasy, like those ones, yeah, those roles are filled by people in very specific situations, yeah. and then NPCs the other half here. of the time, and it's like. Eve took the lore part out of it. There's not a, an evil enemy. The evil enemy is whoever's is the best at the right. game is now, controlling there is the economy. Also, unfortunately, a heavy amount of lore if you want to play like a story. Like, there are five factions of NPCs who control space that oh, you shit. can't even interact with so, that all have their own battles Eve, and bullshit. Like, yeah. So Eve doesn't follow okay. around the thing that a lot of MMORPGs do where like you are the most important but, person so, like, in the absolutely universe. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question then. When you jump into That's definitely Eve, cliche you know, you jump into Eve online, is there like a quest honestly i don't there's know there's some kind of tutorial but beyond that be tutorial, i don't know but it's not like i imagine it's not like wow where you sit there and go from exclamation point to exclamation point for 60 levels before you can get into the big aspects of it right honestly like, i don't know and i not. feel dumb for not playing it or looking that up so let's, God, I thought let's about move it's on. not exactly <laughs> penetrable and an easy way to like no it's not for in this fact, episode. the game has an intensely difficult learning curve that puts a, off a lot of people and, and that's i think intentional like yeah yeah because you only want that interaction with people that are like on the same level that you are so the game what you're looking for all those systems in the game are split up by high security low security and null sec null sec <laughs> n u l s e c null sec which is also i believe a nickname for what it's actually called null the f- means does not exist <laughs> the, uh, yeah i was saying no security is oh, yeah. so the first two are patrolled and defended by the npc policing units Concord, which is an acronym for something that was too long and I don't care about. <laughs> um, if players commit crimes in high security zones, such as attacking each other, doing things like that, stealing, Concord will automatically come to destroy their ships. Oh, that's great. It's like a GTA police force. Yeah. Kind of and thing. Concord is designed to continuously scale to the size of the enemy, so get rid of your ideas of taking massive fleets and trying to invade NPC space. <laughs> they will always scale and design. They're designed to okay. never be beaten. That seems like a more realized, uh, like, no Man's Sky has a... Yes, and in turn, this deters from people from actually doing this and wasting time. So, Mm -hmm. low security zones, they still maintain turrets, but Concord ships won't attack aggressors. Instead, they will mark these unprovoked aggressors, and that allows other players to freely attack them. That's what happens in low security zones. That's smart. Yeah. Finally, though, where all the best action happens is null sec. Here, the only law is the player. And that's not to say that there is no law at all. Because NullSec is where the players of the game organize themselves into corporations. So I think that's just so like international waters. Thing, <laughs> that's the thing that other MMOs are missing. Yeah. Right. And no matter where you go, there are rules. It's not just like these zones are lawless wastelands. This is where the corporations are. The evil line equivalent of guilds are corporations. 
Corporations form themselves into alliances with other corporations, and then those alliances tend to form blocks of alliances of super corporations and super alliances, and then a lot of times those all join together and become coalitions. Good thing that doesn't happen in the real world, right? <laughs> Was this something they intended, or did it just it just grew and became this? It became this. Corporations, I'm over here, I got a corp. A corp is like a guild. You have a CEO, and then the CEO can be like, you're my first, you're my analyzer, you're this and that. They all have they have specific roles for all these. And then to say it's only like 10, 12, 15 players. Now there's a bunch of other corporations that only have 10, 12, 15 players. They join together with other corporations of 10, 12 members. Now they're an alliance, and they have an alliance, and they go, oh, we're this alliance, and then some other alliance is like, we oh, need man. help, and they join up. And so there's going to be a lot of these then, too. Yes. Yeah. And this is where the meat of the game takes place. Corporations, alliances, and coalitions control territory and resources in NullSec through trade, diplomacy, and often war. Those territories and resources... Universal language. Yes. Those territories and resources are always shifting. Now, it is like RuneScape and WoW and shit in the sense that you mine an asteroid field and then it respawns after X amount of time. Yeah. But those... Things are controlled by whoever controls these areas. Star systems are, as you think, a star system with planets and moons and all that shit. And then they're separated into regions, which are groups of star systems. And then you have the entire EVE map, which is, as we said earlier, 7,500 systems. Fucking gigantic. It's like some 5,000 or something odd regular star systems and then wormhole systems, which are sort of like you take wormholes into they transport you to... the single systems. And gotcha. there's like a 1,000 of them or so. So for what? Why do they go through trade, diplomacy, and war and territories? Entertainment? For the gnolls. <laughs> Glory, duty, and sweet, sweet ISK. ISK? And that's, that's the money. And that's not the abbreviation oh. for Icelandic Krona, which it is. That's <laughs> yeah, actually it is, yeah. what it's Wait, called. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's the abbreviation for the in-game currency Interstellar Credit. That's credit with a K. Credit with a K. <laughs> like that popular fighting game. Tekken. Oh. <laughs> I was I like, like, other that. games have done that before. <laughs> that was I, I was obviously thinking, Mortal oh, Kombat. Yeah, I know that. I was like, Killer Instinct does that as well, right? Don't they spell combos with a K also? Or is it, no. It's just Mortal no Kombat? Idea. No, Killer Instinct does C. Because c- c- Combo Breaker. It also starts with a K. <laughs> it does, but the word yeah. Killer Instinct. No, it's Killer Instinct with a C. C I L So. Though EVE Online has a limited free-to-play aspect, which I thought about downloading until one of the Steam-recommended reviews with 300 hours on record <laughs> said, don't download this game because <laughs> it has a high learning curve and I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> Listening to that opinion, though, would be like somebody asking you about Destiny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Austin was like, should I buy Shadowkeep? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any sort of actual progress in the game, though, requires a monthly subscription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This monthly. How subs- much is it? Do you know? Fifteen uh, a month. Yeah, fifteen. That's pretty standard, yeah. I guess. So right. this monthly subscription can be purchased in two ways: using real currency to buy in-game time, like we just said, our fifteen dollars a Boring. month. Boring. Or through an item called the Pilot License Extension, or Plex. Yeah. That's a cool name. It is. Plex is an item with a few uses. You can use Plex to buy multiple character training, or you can passively upgrade skills across multiple characters simultaneously, which you can't do otherwise. Seems like a hot commodity. Yes. That's what it's used for a lot of the time. Okay. It can be used in Eve's online cosmetic marketplace called the New Eden Store. And uh, I read it's not just cosmetics anymore, but I I don't know enough about the game to get into why that pisses people off. But if it's any consolation to how other paid 
to win Play. games work. I'm sure that pisses a lot of people off. <laughs> Makes sense. And most importantly, you can use Plex to add 30 days subscription time to your account. Yep. Lots of players pay for their subscriptions by buying Plex with in-game money. I like if it's not capped either. Like at what point if you're just like, I could play this game for the next 200 years. So <laughs> every other material in the game, just like this, players control the market demand, supply, and in turn the in-game price. So here's the thing. While you can buy your subscription time with gold, it really? changes based on the, not in classic, but in the retail oh, you can. Okay. But it changes based on like the market of WoW mm -hmm. too. The thing is, you can buy it, you can't trade it. Can gotcha. you trade Plex in EVE? Do you know? Yes. yes. Plex yeah. is an item that like everything can. else. So, so players control the supply, the demand, and the cost. So the thing is, if you're rich <laughs> enough in EVE, you can buy a bunch of this shit, and then you can literally pay people Start in your corporation. Uh, like, yeah, be, be a leader like, of a community. Join my corporation, yeah. I'll pay, pay for, for your, your game time. Like, and that's, I am sure mm -hmm. that happens. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So Plex, it's like the real world. That is yeah. a, it's pretty enticing. Yeah. <laughs> Plex can be bought and traded among players with the in-game currency ISK, like we mm -hmm. just said. Yeah. Or it can be bought from CCP and licensed retailers for real-life money. Yeah. So That if, already gives it value. So if we know how much ISK a Plex is worth, and if we know how much Plex can be bought for real-world money, this in turn allows us to calculate the in-game costs of ships, corporations, battle losses, and beyond <laughs> into real-world dollars. So that, right. that's where they get those numbers from. When you, yes. uh, That's when why you I wanted that. to tell you when we were talking about this at your house, it's, like it's a bit more convoluted than then just you, this. Because those this. make for very, I don't want to use the word clickbaity, but very... <laughs> but yes. Yeah, the, the headlines. Yes, headlines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... This leads to what I'd say most people know about EVE Online. It's famous for game battles costing large sums of, quote, real-world money. Like, famously, the bloodbath of B-R5RB. Yeah, that has its own, like, Wikipedia page, yes. I think. An almost 24-hour battle involving over 7,000 players costing 11 trillion ISK, or loosely converted to 330,000 US dollars. <laughs> that does make for an enticing read, like, just that... <laughs> <laughs> and though that number is mostly apocryphal, or at the very least convoluted, since the conversion isn't always done with real-world currency directly, right. it is at least a good metaphor for the real value of these battles. Yeah. Those great battles are the stuff of legend in EVE Online, and they are direct cause for these epic wars between player factions consisting of thousands of real people. The time and resources spent in-game and out-game is staggering. And even more fascinating is the cause of these conflicts. The human element at the center of it all is where this game really, really shines. Yeah, because there's nothing in the game to ignite that spark. No. That's all... Sometimes personal politics. game updates spark things that oh, we'll talk well, about. Well, that's true, bit. but that's only like circumstantial to how people react to them, like a, Absolutely. a situation. Yeah. <laughs> so these stories are innumerable, as you said in the beginning and yeah. I said in the beginning. There's no possible way for us to cover everything or even a small fucking portion of what's happening. That's why this episode took so long. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to figure out how to word and what to do about this episode. Obviously, we spent the first, whatever, 30 minutes talking about how the game works. Yeah. I think um, we have we had to do yeah. that, though. And now... Even for our sake. <laughs> I'm going to move on to some of the moments that we're talking about and leading up to about what makes this game so cool. There's, a, like I said, a billion battles, a billion things that have happened, and we're not even going to get into the nitty-gritty details of those. Like, 
like I said earlier, I suggest reading the first volume of Empires of Eve, which is an incredible book. And once again, shout out to that incredible work. That's a main source yeah, for a lot of this material. Absolutely. We're going to focus on cool stories from an era between 2006 and 2009 known as the Great War, which is an incredible event that <laughs> happened and set the precedent for a lot of things that still happen in EVE Online today. World cool. War One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were things that happened before this. Obviously, the game was out for three years, but are we calling this episode the war no, to end not. all the space wars to end all space wars? <laughs> we can. <laughs> right so, down. You guys ready to get into the boring, epic tales of things? Boy, am I ever! <laughs> I opened my next drink. Let's go. Yeah, I opened this gigantic Miller High Life can, which looks like that you can't fit your. No, I ran out of diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> So. Due to wars in the game in 2004 and 2005, the last remaining power in the southern region of Eve's gigantic map was ruled by the Russian Confederation Red Alliance. You called the Red Alliance? This is already a great setup. That's dope. (laughs) They are dope. Early in the game's history, Ukrainian, Russian, and Eastern Bloc players took a majority of the player base. <laughs> and then, other than that, it was like Australian, European, and American. From the beginning, this yeah. game had a very international presence. Yeah, which I, I was I always thought was very, very cool. Yeah. So, a number and of... And that they weren't divided, like no, most exactly. game servers yeah. are. Yeah. Apparently, there were a bunch of different factions and things that existed and stuff, like I said, in the three years, four years leading up to it. Yeah. And there were great wars in 2004, 2005, which we can't even touch on or even talk about. <laughs> They're all dead. So... Due to those wars, just know that now the Russian Confederation Red Alliance controls the southern eastern region of the map. <laughs> a number of other smaller alliances believed this area belonged to them, probably from some past wars and some other sure. past resources and shit. And they, though they stood little chance against the Russians alone, united they will be a seemingly unstoppable power. <laughs> so the Southern Coalition was born. And it fielded one of the largest fleets the game had ever seen at the time, some 400 ships. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just all the visuals are in my head. Like I just picture you against this backdrop. Like <laughs> yes, 400 ships. And when I say that, that means 400 players. Yes. Yeah. That, when I say ships in this game, I mean players. Those right, are yeah. people. Me and you controlling these ships. There are no AI ships. Yeah. Okay. Drones <laughs> are kind of AI because some ships use drones and stuff. But I'm talking like. If it's a ship, it's a person. Mm. So, the Southern Coalition was born. Southern Coalition was made up of a bunch of different random alliances who wanted to take down the Red Alliance's territory. Teaming up. So, the Coalition of the South, that's what they were called, invaded Red Alliance territory. And week after week, they smashed their forces and conquered huge areas with ease. And then they pushed well beyond their intended targets. Apparently, I wonder Red if there was Al- any warning of that. Or if they just yeah. like. Apparently, Ooh. Red Alliance got like kind of complacent and weak. And that's why <laughs> they, they saw an opportunity. Had, and yeah. then- so they pushed beyond. Red Alliance eventually said, enough is enough. They're going to make a stand at their traditional home system regions, kind of where their faction was founded, and they're going to bring up a brand new fleet of Dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts are... That's like a super powerful If we're looking at the 0 to 100% scale, 0 being tiny ships, 100 being titans, Dreadnoughts stand around the 70 to 80% region. They're so still no small fleet. They're powerful like ships, a, yes. Yeah. We're talking take lots of time and lots of training to make. Yeah. A new fleet of Dreadnoughts. And the takedown. Yeah. (laughs) So the coalition 
ended up destroying that red fleet full of dreadnoughts at that battle. Nice. They came there to make a last stand, and they got fucking wiped. <laughs> the coalition was huge. They had tons of ships. It was filling the largest fleet at the time. They wiped them out. Now, when you lose like a ship, you got to like to get it back. Like, it's... it's a building it, which some ships take weeks to build. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, this game is like a respawn. Yeah. Thing. yeah no. say, there's so much consequence to every little action. Fucking Lily. So the alliance began to fall apart after this battle. The coalition of the South finished off conquering all of their territory until nothing remained but 70 Red Alliance pilots. Oof. They literally conquered everything. Most of the Alliance players were like, we just lost our last stand battle. We lost an entire giant fleet we spent yeah, months making. So uh, fuck it, I'm done. A lot of, like, fuck a lot of that, players yeah, packed I'm, I'm up, out. fucking left, moved to different factions, etc. Yeah. Those 70 huh. pilots, though, for weeks, waged a guerrilla war on the coalition. I'm getting FOMO from this. Dude, like, yeah. <laughs> they harassed production lines. They destroyed stray ships on the outlines of the territory. They became the most finely tuned war machine in EVE. These 70 players worked together immaculately. <laughs> so, knowing that if they ever planned on getting their name back and getting their territory back, they would eventually have to face that Southern Coalition fleet head-on. So, mm. those 70 pilots had a plan. They launched a sneak attack on the system C-J6MT. Um, they call it TAC. They call it C-TAC-J6MT, which I think sounds cooler. That does So I'm going to start referring to things as those, uh, yeah. just to give you a little bit of the slang. <laughs> they destroyed all of the coalition property in the system and then set up a bunch of defenses really quick. Man. On May 25th, 2006, the Coalition of the South warped 400 ships into that system, and they were prepared to snuff out the Red Alliance asshole harassers once and for Some all. Some revenge? Yeah. <laughs> After several hours of battle, the Red Alliance emerged victorious. <laughs> they were outnumbered five to one. But Holy the coalition shit. fleet of 400 ships was vastly disorganized. The Red Alliance was trained, tight, and they were amazing at fighting at this point. They had been working <laughs> together for months and or for weeks. Mm -hmm. They fucking wiped out a 400-ship fleet with 70 people. <laughs> that is just That's, an incredible yeah. feat. They literally were the underdogs. That is a true underdog story. Yeah. yeah, and they won. It wasn't over yet. They just beat the fleet. Yeah. Apparently that day, hiding among the Southern Coalition fleet was a spy and a diplomat from a very young organization known as Goon Swarm. Yeah! <laughs> now, they eventually Shut become up. a lot more popular, obviously. <laughs> of course. Founded by Something Awful form members, mm -hmm. the Goons were looking for allies in their upcoming rise to power. <laughs> and after they watched the Russians display this epic defense of 70 versus 400, <laughs> they were like, well, there's our allies. Like, <laughs> we have to get in on the ground floor with the Russians because they're obviously not fucking around in oh, Eve. And, and the Goons fight dirty, too. Too. Like, they'll get people to sign up for the game, make a basic ship, and then just kamikaze them into the big yes, ships. The like, goons are notorious for apparently being, we don't want to troll the whole game, we just no. want to fuck up your experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, apparently they're quoted as like, literally being like, we like, they're, they're not yeah. trolls in like the annoying sense. No, they're not. Sense. They're, they're just like anarchists in this war. Like, yes, yeah. they absolutely are. And even more importantly, they're just as dedicated as the rest of these people, which makes them like yeah. this almost orc-like oh, yeah. force of just chaos yeah. in this game world. It makes everything more interesting, and they're all about that. Just like yeah, and and they are overthrowing the balance of power. Yeah, and they're good at it. They are. <laughs> 
So they see this Russians and they try to get on on the ground floor. I'm not going to go into what happens, but as you can already tell, it's kind of an epic founding. I love this story. Listen to Andrew Groen talk about it. He makes it sound much more cinematic. This last stand of 70 versus 400 and they rise back up. Yeah. So the goons and the Russians and a couple of other people, apparently a big French alliance, all joined together. The French alliance had federation in their name to join and have the Red Swarm Federation. (laughs) Their first order of business, get revenge on the Southern Coalition (laughs) that destroyed and took all of Red Alliance's territory. So the game is littered with epic tales like this, and they're all entirely unscripted. Yeah. They're all coming out of a player-driven universe. These are real people with real, real motives. And how do you archive this stuff? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... How do you? Apparently, he was trying to, like, archive things and was looking at old forum posts and then talking to those people and be like, yeah. it'll just be a forum post, like, that was crazy battle at whatever, right? And, and this, then he, he has to email this, five people like, what happened? Because like, this predates streaming and, like, where people were recording everything. Yeah, he actually like, talks about that in his second oh, fan really? fest. He goes, yeah. nowadays, everybody streams every battle. Yeah. So all I, he literally, for the second book, invited people who were fleet commanders during this battle, had them sit down and watch the battles with him. Oh, that's and tell cool. Him and what describe, like, what's going on? That's awesome. That he is was, awesome. Like, <laughs> he apparently, they would Played it ten times, and he'd be like, "Yeah, at this point, cruisers are moving over here to make this maneuver and this thing." Like, but this dude, fuck movers. That's this, that is so much more exciting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's one of the coolest parts about this game. There are people called fleet commanders, and all my watching of videos of gameplay, there are people who are fleet commanders. Their job is to just sit here and do this, watch yeah. a video, and listen to them talk. They're like. All right, everybody use your, like, uh, disruptor things over here on this ship. Oh, this player's doing an uh, attack over here. All right, uh, I want every frigate to move over here and use this thing. All right, a do true this. coach. They yeah. literally are, like, they're actually being like commanders. E- yeah, and your like job is to just listen to what he's saying and then do it, See, they you know, need, they need a ship. cartographer or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the difference between, like, that's like, it's like a raid leader. All this. It's like a raid with 600 people. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. a raid leader, except the raid boss is another human and not. <laughs> nobody had to code the instance. I think, I like, think about doing raids where there's like six of us on Destiny yeah. and how complicated that can get yeah. <laughs> compared to like... Yeah, now it's you're a raid leader with 400 players and you're with raiding totally against 600 other players. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, that's great. So it's an incredible thing, dude, and that's part of what makes us so fucking spectacular yeah. is that those 70 dudes were just dudes and they were working I, together like, let's like move over here, some, attack like, this last star shot, <laughs> Last Starfighter like plot where the army is going like, <laughs> to... Yeah. Across the galaxy around this time, another one of the game's major factions were making moves. The Band of Brothers. They're really called the Band of Brothers? Yes. Um, From this point forward, now that you know they're called the Band of Brothers, I'll refer to them as Bob, which a lot of people do. Okay. The like, band of, B, like B.O.B. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> they believe that the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bob was made up of several corporations and mega alliances as usual, and they were finishing up their invasion and defeat of another one of the game's major factions, Ascendant Frontier. Who were they? Ascendant Frontier was a whole other faction that was huge <laughs> and had their own history. They actually, Ascendant Frontier, built the first Titan, which was what? these big ships yeah. um, that are the biggest That's ships the in the game. That's 100% one that you're talking about. Yes, okay. that is the 100% on the scale of what powerful ships. <laughs> um, Ascendant Frontier had built the first one. Band of Brothers decided they wanted to invade them and did. 
Band of Brothers controlled a huge amount of territory before they took everything from Ascendant mm. Frontier. This tipped the scales and made Bob the largest and wealthiest faction Right, in the I game. was going to say. <laughs> they conquered all of the West. They pretty much owned all of the West, and now they were conquering most of the South, which belonged to Ascendant Frontier. They had twice as much territory as the next largest faction. Shit. <laughs> yeah. This is a perfect time for some controversy in the game. Oh, yeah. In 2007, it wouldn't be hot button without that, yeah. right? Let's. <laughs> in 2007, a hacker by the name of Kugutsaman, who in the 90s called the FBI, pretending to be a representative from the Paris Embassy, got them to explain <laughs> to him how to connect to the FBI conferencing network. What? Then invited a bunch of other hackers, and for months, all of them used the FBI's conference system, racking up a $250,000 phone bill on the FBI's dime. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Oh I love God. that. <laughs> yeah. Kagutsman's like an older French dude, and he's just a hacker. Oh, um, man. But he was also an evil line player. Yeah. So, Kagutsman <laughs> hacked an enemy corporation's private forum, and he discovered that a player by the name of T20 was a developer at CCP Games. Ooh, inside job. Now, developers are allowed to play their own games, it's, it's not illegal. But this developer, right. T20, was providing his corporation with valuable blueprints that would give them an obvious advantage over Ooh. other corporations. So he published an expose. I don't know enough about how the game works to explain to you what he was doing, but apparently there's like a lottery to. that you get blueprints from, and he was doing something he with his power to rig it to give his team like Man, a better the real chance world's at is getting scary. this thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you telling me that a guy that was involved in creating the system was also profiting off of it? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Video games, right? <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, good so thing. He, pub- is... he published this expose, and Kagutsuman was permabanned because he released personal information of the, quote, corrupt developers. <laughs> um, but he seems satisfied with the results. CCP removed that dev's player account, and they removed the blueprints, and then from this point forward, they set up some sort of internal affairs <laughs> to manage their employees' player Did they, uh, did they give him a, a pair of concrete shoes and like, yeah. toss them into the ocean? Um, but from what I could gather, CCP was more upset with having to remove the player's accounts than actually the misuse of power. <laughs> it seemed that T20 ended up only getting a slap on the wrist. Mm. I couldn't find any like proof, but there's things on a couple of things I read that said he remained an employee there for like almost another year or so. Really? Yeah. There you have it. So everyone already had this distaste for the power and intent of Bob. <laughs> Bob was apparently, they had a cocky clockwise strategy. We're going to be the first faction to conquer the entire galaxy of Eve. <laughs> and we're going to do it clockwise. We're just going to move around the map conquering everything. Jeez. Everybody hated them. <laughs> well, yeah. They're the- <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And now that one of the corporations under Bob was caught cheating, this was the spark that lit the powder keg. Everybody was rallied around this. The goons used this as propaganda to rally every faction in the game oh my, to, to wage a war against Bob and wipe them off the map. Like, they're literally like fucking... Oh, yeah. So, you got these two major players on both sides. This is all bullet points I wrote down. Don't expect to know anything if you're reading this. Any notes. <laughs> I'm going to kind of talk about this from like memory loosely about sure. what happened. So these are some cool moments from the war, okay, that followed this event. I'm not going to get into everything because, like I said, once again, it's too much. Yeah. You know. We'd be here. You're all fucking night. Yeah. So early on in the war, Red Swarm Federation is mopping up their northern front with the last remnants of the coalition of the south, okay? 
they decide to debut a brand new tactic, which is commonplace now in EVE, called the Swarm. They use high numbers of players and cheaper ships to overwhelm the enemy at their HQ. Oh, that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. with Goon Swarm. Okay. They figured if they attacked the enemy HQ with these huge numbers and overwhelmed them, they would collapse the whole alliance from its heart. During that battle, legitimate strategy. Yeah. Yeah. During that battle, a doomsday weapon was fired, which is apparently one of the best weapons in the game. Wait, they have like nukes in here? Yeah, a doomsday weapon (laughs) used to be an AOE. Apparently, nowadays it's single target damage, but apparently it used to be an AOE. Can the real world just fight all our wars in this game? (laughs) In two seconds, this doomsday weapon wiped out two hundred Red Alliance ships. Two seconds. Imagine being one of those players and just like. That's 200 players. <laughs> yeah. If we were playing, there's a good chance that it would be one of us. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. No, I know. I'd be like, the, I'd be in the front lines. <laughs> but Red Alliance still won the battle. Just yeah, to show you the them. amount of numbers yeah, and that they tactics have. they had to bring to the battle. So basically, like I said, Red Alliance member, they were like, fuck the Coalition of the South. They fucked us before. Yeah. We're going to, you know take Red Swarm and wipe them out. <laughs> so they did. They conquered the Northern Front, and now they angled themselves to mop up the rest of the Coalition of the South, which was the biggest faction of all of them. They were called Latka Volterra, which I looked up, and that's apparently an that's equation cool for predator and prey. There's apparently like a math equation oh, to really? determine like predator and prey. Yeah, which I thought was like, alright, that's pretty clever. Yeah. So Latka Volterra was this giant faction that was the rest of the Southern Coalition, and they were like, well, we're coming for you next, because we're getting revenge. Yeah. It's revenge yeah. time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure Lock of Voltaire was involved in a lot of the original conquering of their territory. So they go to a Band of Brothers, which are their new neighbors since they had just conquered those Ascended Frontier people, and they go, help us out, you know? Yeah. Band of Brothers tells them to go fuck themselves. They say, <laughs> we can conquer the galaxy by ourselves. We don't need you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... At this point, the Red Alliance finds out that Latka Volterra is building a Titan at a dead-end system called JV-1V-0. Now, a dead-end system is what you think it is. The map is controlled by stargates in each Mm -hmm. of the systems. So you have to go through these stargates to get to these systems. This is one that's at a dead end, which means there's only one way in and out of the system through one single Stargate. Apparently, Titans and other ships can do things where they can jump themselves to, like, skip Stargates, but it requires a lot of fuel, which is a resource in the game, and apparently there's, like, like a delay on it. Like, once you do it, (coughs) every time you do it, it gets longer in between, like, when you can do it again. How many, like, like, Titans have been constructed and... Nowadays, there are hundreds of them. Really? At this point in the game, this was a there were three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One was owned by Band of Brothers. One was right. owned by the Northern Coalition, which are not even involved in this battle yet. They're yeah. part of the northern part of the map. All this take place in the southern part of the map, just to show you how big the map is. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole other giant fucking alliance that isn't even involved. I, in this. I love to think, like, unbeknownst to a bunch of players that are just mining yeah. away at random. <laughs> well, they were. Yeah. Apparently, the Northern Coalition were less combat oriented yeah. and much more industry yeah, related. Yeah. yeah. Like Civ. Um, then one was from Lock of Volterra, and now they're building a second one. So, I, want, I want to be a spectator in that war, even if I didn't have a place in it. Dude, apparently do that's where a that? lot of these numbers come like from. Are there? people just going, I want to be part of this, yeah. and just joining. <laughs> and then going, I'll attack these guys, fuck it. Yeah, apparently that's, that's a do. lot of it. Yeah. yeah, That's great. So, they find out this so new Titan is being history. built. Titans are rare, rare ships at this point mm-hmm. in the game, okay? Yeah. They cost billions and billions of in-game dollars to make. They literally take, take so up to time. eight weeks 
to construct. That's Man. real life eight weeks yeah. <laughs> to construct. And in order to be able to pilot one, it takes 190-something days, <laughs> real-life days of pilot training. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's almost a year of in-game work in order to be able to pilot one of these things. A, Just to give you a, a scale on how much these ships are worth and what they yeah. are. Apparently, the apocryphal conversion to U.S. dollars is something like a Titan costs there's like less, 7,000 U.S. dollars. There's less apparently. training for us to use like heavy machinery at, at oh, like, yeah, warehouse jobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. So they're building this Titan in this dead-end system. Word gets out that the Reds are going to come and take it out. Yeah. They're the going to use their fucking swarm tactics. Laca Volterra assembles a 500-man fleet, which is now the next biggest fleet ever assembled <laughs> in the game. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out that it's predicted that... Because this is the most, like, 500-man fleet was, like, known. It's apparently predicted that the Reds had a 1,000-person fleet coming. <laughs> <laughs> so if this 500 people. was the biggest ever, nobody even knew how much the fucking Red Swarm Federation was bringing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. Laca Volterra had a plan. They assumed Band of Brothers abandoned them, and they did. So they had to handle this by themselves. Really? They accounted for... <laughs> yeah. gonna okay. So here's their plan. To get into the system, it's a jump gate. They would bottleneck the Red ships, okay, Put all of their 500 ships in the fleet, guns aimed right at the Stargate. <laughs> so that as the Reds came in, they knew they wouldn't just come in all at once. It's not how the game works. As yeah. they were coming in, they would just blow up a lot of them. This is some Star Wars shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then what they would do is this. On the other side of the Stargate, in the system next to it, wasn't a bottleneck. They would keep their Titan hidden in one system over from that one and wait until all of the Reds were bottlenecked trying to enter the Stargate warp their Titan in and fire one of those doomsday weapons that destroyed 200 ships and possibly destroy even more this time. It's a pretty good plan. Great, yeah. <laughs> attack them from the rear when they're bottlenecked, attack them from the front, catch them as they're coming through the gates. Yeah. yeah. To avoid a That's little... not too far off from, like, some real-world yeah. tactics. To but... avoid a little bit of this, the Reds piloted 300 pilots parked them inside of the JV-1V-0 system <laughs> and then logged them offline <laughs> so that they could be already inside That's once great. the battle started. Yeah. I looked it up. Apparently, here's the deal. You can go anywhere you want and log out, and you'll reappear there when you log back in. Mm -hmm. However, if you are actively engaged in a battle... Oh, you told me about yes, this. If you are actively engaged yeah. in a battle... There's a timer before you can log out and disappear. So let's say me and you are fighting off. Them, otherwise, you could and I'm cheat like, oh, that I gotta go, easily, and yeah. I log out. My ship will stay there without me piloting it until the timer runs out, and mm -hmm. then it'll log out. Do you know how long okay. the timer is? I have no idea how okay. long the cooldown is. But it's is. long enough. It's for, long enough for, for you to be destroyed, to be affected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on the day of the battle, the plan is going beautifully. <laughs> Red ships are clogged up in the star system. They're getting attacked by fucking these 500 ships just aiming at the Stargate, blowing them up. On the other end, they're getting clogged up. Boom. The Titan warps into the system, which is like R or something, blah, 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 blah. Um, they warp into the system. He goes to fire his doomsday weapon at the clogged up Red Fleet. Boom. Everything goes black. The whole EVE online server crashed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> CCP gets the server back up and running, and everybody is rushing to log yeah, on. Yeah, I was gonna say who. You've who seen gets on the first? login cues from fucking Wow. Yeah. Imagine if 
at the very minimum, 1,500 people are trying to log in at the exact same instant. In the middle of this fucking... um... Guess who gets back on first? The 300 red chip players (laughs) that were parked from the night before. They log in, and the entire Lock of Volterra fleet is just sitting there. All 500 ships derelict. Because they lower in a battle and, and logged there's out. There's no automated there's like nothing they can do. Uh, the Reds destroy the entire <laughs> 500 ship. That fleet. must have been fun. <laughs> oh my god! So Could you what, imagine working for that company that was server crash I affecting know. that much? Uh, so uh, this great epic battle that was supposed to be this great plan and all yeah. this shit involving titans and thousands of ships never really even got to happen. It only happened in a game, I'll tell you that. This collapsed Lock of Volterra. Apparently a lot of their players were just so demoralized they are like, oh, fuck this, I'm well, yeah, done. If this shit went down, I, I just like... Yeah, I quit the game for sure. Yeah. Fucking A, yeah. dude! How many people do you think just drop kicked their monitors? Like in the- <laughs> so the Reds won. <laughs> yeah. They conquered the territory, they finished off, and they got their revenge. And a lot of the Lockable Terror players left and joined Band of Brothers, including the Titan pilot mm-hmm. who had launched the weapon in the first place. He wasn't destroyed. Yeah. Got away, joined Band of Brothers. Now Band of Brothers has two Titans, which is twice as many that anybody else has. Twice as many as the Reds had. They have yep. zero yeah. Oh, at yeah. this point. So, we'll skip forward a little bit, fast forward to another cool event. There's a great battle where the Reds and Band of Brothers are battling, because obviously it's inevitable that these two factions are coming to it. Oh, yeah, it's not going to end here. <laughs> and that's what most of this war is about. The Reds go, fuck it. Remember when we attacked those other people and we just swarmed their headquarters and their entire organization collapsed? Yeah. We have enough people to attack the Band of Brothers. It'll be the biggest battle that's ever happened in EVE, but we have <laughs> enough people and we can win. <laughs> Apparently, the guy who led the Band of Brothers was Sir Mole, I believe his tag was. He was like a dictator, kind of. Apparently, whenever you joined Band of Brothers, he got like a cut of like... Because corporations tax their players. That's how they make all these ships. You give a certain amount of your money to the corporation. I mean, that's... You give your resources to the corporation. In return... That's kind of how I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. In return, the kids give you a ship. Of course. You don't have to buy and produce your own ship now. They go, here's a ship. Yeah. You know, give us your stuff. That would convince He was a bit of a dictator, but a good one. Like, apparently, the reason they were so successful is because he was a dictator. He piloted one of the Titans called... uh, Titan A.E. <laughs> yeah, it's just blast creed. Sermoli <laughs> <laughs> piloted a titan called Darwin's Contraption. That was the name of his fucking ship. That was what I was expecting. <laughs> so they're like, fuck it, let's go. We'll go right to fucking Band of Brothers' home yeah. system and attack them. And they were like, alright, let's let's get a fleet together, all this stuff, and mm-hmm. then some news came that Band of Brothers was building a Titan at their home system. Yeah. So this means that they would have three in an era where only four existed. (laughs) So, Or sorry, five. Five existed. They would have three of them. That's some universe conquering. And if they had three of them, yes. It is a Death Star. They could move from system to system and wipe everybody out at their (laughs) own fucking will. Maybe that's the true end of what this online game is supposed to be. Like, eventually it just becomes... That's philosophy of real life if you want to get into that. So so Red Alliance gets together and they go, fuck it, we gotta we gotta attack now. They boom. They fucking jump into the system. Huge number. This is the largest battle and the most players ever participating in an evil online battle is this battle. 
we're talking at this point over a thousand players which is unheard of at this point. Nowadays, there are 7,000 players in some battles. Yeah. 5,000 players in a battle over here. Some corporations can field 1,000 players in a fucking skirmish. God. But in this era... So it many was... online games feel so quaint by comparison. Yeah. In this era, it was unheard of. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? This was the biggest fucking battle ever. They jump into the system, and all of Band of Brothers' main fleet is positioned above a shipyard. The battle begins. Boom, 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 boom. Everybody's fucking attacking. Red Alliance destroys the shipyard <laughs> containing the Titan. Yeah. And in return, they lose like some 100-something dreadnoughts, which is like a huge loss for them. Yeah. yeah. The battle kind of peters out, and they don't really destroy the homeland, but they destroy a big concentration of their fleet. They set out to do what they wanted to do, which is destroy the Titan in the shipyard, yeah. and they lost some guys of their own, and they go their own separate ways. It was kind of like it was a win for Red Alliance. Sorry, uh, it was a win for the Red Swarm Federation because it's not just Red Alliance at this point. And apparently on April 1st, Sir Mole posts on the E-forms, all right, you did it. You fucking beat us. You destroyed our Titan. On April 1st. On April 1st. (laughs) Okay. Apparently in the following week, he revealed exactly what happened. They built two shipyards in their homeland. One of them was constructing the Titan, and one of them was constructing nothing and then they placed their entire defense fleet above the nothing one. So the Russians came in. The Russians came in and just focused all their firepower on the shipyard that was constructing virtually nothing. That's good. Sacrificed all those ships, and it wasn't even the one that was building the Titan. <laughs> he publicly fucking faked them out, and it was a, a big deal, dude. <laughs> You saw what I explained earlier. Ascended Frontier lost a battle. Yeah. These guys lost a battle, and their whole organizations collapsed. It was like a famous battle in World War II where we set up fake tanks that were just dummies, like that one. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> this just reminds yeah. me of that. Like, well, precisely, and it yeah, humiliated. The still it work. openly and publicly humiliated. Of course, them. <laughs> most other factions would have just purely collapsed. Because people would be like, I don't want to be part of this fact. And they got fucking duped on a public scale, the grandest scale in this game. However, at the core of Red Swarm Federation was Goon Swarm. Yeah. And they could give two shits about being publicly humiliated. So, of course, they survived. Yeah. And just to give you a little heads up, Goon Swarm still exists and is a... Powerful organization today in EVE Online. In 2019, Good to know. Goon Swarm is still pumping and doing very well. Good to know that dead gay website is still going strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a little like comment. I have one last thing. Apparently, later on in this war, EVE nerfed Titans. Titans were never allowed to be affected by... Um, things that would disrupt warp. So, like, let's say, like, you jump into a system and you're like, oh, I'm getting fucked up, I need to warp out. There are other ships that can come in and disrupt your ability to warp, and then you get trapped. They call it tackling. So you can basically trap them in the system. Titans could always do whatever they wanted. Eve updated and nerfed Titans to where they could be affected by these warp disruptors. Well, apparently, the Cervole guy never read this. 
because Band of Brothers had moved on with their three Titans now. They finished the construction and started bombarding and fucking up Red Alliance territory. And during one of the battles, Sermoli himself came in with his Darwin's contraption mm-hmm. <laughs> without knowing that the night before they had nerfed Titans, expecting to get in like a little hit and run if he started taking damage. They disrupted his Titan and they destroyed it. And apparently mm. this is the first Titan destroyed in battle. I explained to Austin why um, uh, a little bit ago that the first Titan ever fielded was by Ascendant Frontier and it was called Steve. And apparently, due to a connection error, it got destroyed when it was derelict and never got to actually oh, no. participate in any battles. <laughs> what a waste! <laughs> yeah, and I was telling him that there's like a thing in the game where there's like wreckage of Steve. Yeah. It's part of the game world. Oh, that's so just, like, cool! Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. So this was the first battle destroyed. I watched a video of it, dude. You hear these guys like, all right, just focus, focus, blah blah blah. And once that thing blows up, like, there's like a hundred people like, oh fuck yeah! Uh, like, screaming like fucking yeah. cheering dude so they ended up getting a little bit That's of revenge great. so uh, real quick before you get into the rest of this mm-hmm. that is another very important thing that i looked up that i forgot to bring up earlier eve online is built i won't get into the technical aspects of it too much but it's yeah. built on a version of python and it is built on a version the oh, server really? is built on a version of python that is specifically meant so that you do not have to take down the server to update it. So in, an o- in another smart. MMO yeah, yeah. where they'd be like, oh, we're down for maintenance, and then you're like, well, I can't play the game. Let me check the patch notes. This has to be designed. That doesn't happen yeah. with Eve. That's why he updates. probably likely just yeah, came right. without he didn't knowing know the it got updated because oh, there's no maintenance time. Yeah. It just updated. I never thought so of that. Yeah. Unless you read the patch notes, which it was literally happened within 24 hours, apparently. Yeah. So he didn't read the patch notes within 24 hours <laughs> oh, and man. lost the fucking t- one of the uh, Titans. <laughs> Yeah. So that's just a little bit. I'm not going to move on from that. That war continues for another year or so yeah. and ends up well, a lot of stuff happening. Band of Brothers does not exist anymore. Yeah. Okay. So if that tells you who fucking ended up winning in the long run. Austin, yeah. can you promise me when you make the thumbnail for this that it has a representation of Goon Swarm? Get that smiley <laughs> sure. in there. Yeah. That, their logo is like a bee with like a soldier hat yeah. like a cigar or something. <laughs> Low tax would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it moves on from there. <laughs> that happened in 2008, dude. That was yeah, over 10 years that's ago. Crazy. Yo, There's you, still no. You're literally talking about this because it's history. Yeah. I'm talking about because it's history. Yeah. And this is not even that's not even all the people involved. There's all the stuff involved. That is just one cool moment. I just kind of want to use that this World War II style like you know yes, yeah. battle to show you. What could happen in this game? And that is a fucking iota of the history of the wars in that fucking game. Yeah. So there are two more little random stories that I wanted to cover um, about the fan bases themselves. The first, and like I said, sorry, we're jumping around. It's just part of the game. Yeah, these are vignettes. The first is a tale of dedication. Espionage is commonplace in EVE Online. There's basic spying ships. That sentence in itself is already fucking oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, there's basic spying ships who like warp around being scouts and gathering information and stuff. And there are players themselves who infiltrate enemy corporations as members. Yes. And they steal resources information. Like, you join up like, hey, I want to join you guys. Yeah. Oh, cool. You get in. And yes. you're like, I work for somebody else. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Sometimes Dirty. this spills out into the real world. Mm-hmm. In a gray area of acceptability by CCP, where players will literally check IP addresses to see if there's any <laughs> careless spies, or even try to infiltrate and hack private forums <laughs> to get information about different factions. This is an ARG now. So, one time, a corp was accused of forcing their members to download a plugin that was required to access their team speak. 
And after some suspicion about the plugin, a bounty for reverse engineering it came out. It was offering Plex. Somebody was offering, I'll give you a ton of Plex if you can reverse engineer this <coughs> fucking plugin and see what it's all about. Yeah. So, apparently, after reverse engineering, it came to be found out that the plugin was designed to prevent people from recording their team speak. <laughs> and it also sent their IP addresses to the corpse headquarters so Holy they could see shit. if anybody was using proxies. Now, that is above and beyond. But even more nefariously, it was also assumed to be a keylogger, which is what? very fucking not cool. No. No, that's a little... Yeah. <laughs> very, very Sorry. I was, like, all on board. That's <laughs> from, like, hey, don't record us talking. <laughs> credit card like, theft. Yeah. Credit card. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but that's not even the most extreme circumstance. One real-world event in particular tops all of that, when apparently ranking members of Red Alliance asked yeah. Goonswarm to provide them with the real-life address of an enemy player in the UK who piloted a Titan. This is the one I heard At this on point in time, there's yeah. only about a dozen Titans or so. Their intention was to get Russian expatriates who lived in the United uh, Kingdom to <laughs> physically cut the power to a player's house during a battle so that they would go offline and the Titan would be destroyed. I know, I'm back on board. That's badass. <laughs> That's insanely fucked up, but also hilarious. That's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So much dedication. They literally had a, a, a Russian person in the UK. Who, by the way, expatriate means he wasn't a citizen. Yeah, he was just no, living there as, like, yeah. either illegally or on work or something. Yeah. Like, oh. So, the other story is a bit shorter. Once again, in the gray area of what players can and can't do with in-game <laughs> currency... In it doesn't feel like anything's off limits at this point. Yeah. In 2009, the CEO of eBank, the largest player-run bank in the game... Stole 200 billion ISK. Billion? Or 8% of the game's nearly 3 trillion deposit. <laughs> he converted it on an Eve black market service and got some 5,000 US dollars out of it. He was an Australian. It was like six grand or something like that. What do you use it for? Drugs? No, he used the money for a down payment on a house <laughs> and medical bills for one of his two sons. Oh, well, I mean, that's kind of my, no, well, yeah. I guess, yeah. He, <laughs> he was banned by CCP, not for stealing the $200 billion ISK, because there's nothing illegal about that. Right, He was banned because he converted it in black market means to real money. Right. See, CCP it's designed money. it so that you could buy Plex and trade it in-game, but you couldn't do it the other way around. Mm. You couldn't buy Plex with in-game money and then convert Plex back into real-world dollars. It only went that would one be laundering. Way. <laughs> like, that would be laundering. Yeah. But you could do it through black market means, which he did. Gotcha. Now, that's tough, but also ridiculous that he just, he was like, I'm the CEO of a player bank. Like, wait, what? I can do this? It's called Fuck embezzlement. It. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, after he embezzled and stole all the money, there's nothing they can really do about it. E-Bank shut down because all the players withdrew their funds from it. With, yeah, I would. That's obviously. <laughs> and he never came back to Eve. Could um, you imagine if, like... Why would he? People... He's already got a house and his kids are healthy. Yeah. Could you imagine if people withdrew their money from real world banks from stealing? Because then there'd be no banks. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, what a nightmare. <laughs> Quick, everybody... <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying yeah. no political statements or anything, but also go to your bank, take all your money out. Put it on your and mattress. And hide it under your mattress, yeah. yeah. In your walls. 
<laughs> so I can go on and on about how games are important to people in their own special ways and how uh, the time we spend with them and the memories and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I've done all that before. I don't think that this case needs to be made here. That speaks for itself. It's pretty obvious that the people who play this game are dedicated and passionate. <laughs> What truly makes this game and obsessed. Im- yeah. <laughs> what truly makes this game important is that there's an ever-evolving universe inside of it. A whole history with its own heroes, villains, legends, factions and borders that are only shaped the way they are nowadays because of the actions of players from 10 fucking years ago. Yeah, no other game has that kind of No other game has that. On the surface, EVE is a space trading and combat simulator. (laughs) The players inside are no more aware of the grand events unfolding than a single soldier was in any great war. But Mm. when you step back, when you observe EVE as a whole, you see that there's so much more going on. (laughs) And what is that more? I'm not really sure exactly. You got Kojima over here trying to make a game about walking. (laughs) You got Gone Home. You got Gone Home and Bob was you and then Call of Duty's making you pay respect for the fucking (laughs) keyboard button. I don't know what video games are trying to do. But the truth is, video games are so much more. And they're pushing our limits on what we thought they could be every single fucking day. I think Eve is a testament to that. That video games can be more. They can be anything. Even their own universe. God damn, that outro is good, dude. Fuck you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. And that's all I have. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Oh, what a world. All right. I'm going away a little bit wiser today. Thank you for listening. If you missed it, all the month of October, we did some spooky-themed episodes. If you missed a month... Yeah, go back oh, and yeah, listen to yeah. those. They're great. Dive back into that stuff. This will be about a month removed from I redesigned our website. Yes, go check nice. that out. It's it got amazing. a search bar now. So if you're like, they did episode on Halo. I don't know. You type Halo in, and then the two part. <laughs> oh, on Halo yeah, will come I used out. it. It's we awesome. did type yeah. in come. You do not get that many results. <laughs> Yeah. I also typed in video game. <laughs> there were several. Yeah. That website is hotbuttoncast.com. You can go on there. You can yeah. find all our websites, and now you can search for specific topics, which yeah. is cool. You just stealth did that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's also links to all of our social media, so I don't have to cover them, but I will. Yeah. You got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hot Button Cast. There's a link to our YouTube, which I still can't change the goddamn URL of because YouTube sucks. <laughs> Thanks, Google. There's links to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can also find us in any other podcast services all that you them. use, all of yeah. them. Including ones um, I didn't know about until we were doing this. You can email us. <laughs> There's a link to our email. You can submit a topic. You can submit a topic now. Well, you could before, but it was a little more hidden because I just kind of threw that in there so one day. <laughs> um, but yeah. Thanks for listening. Wait, I got. I want. I kind of want to end this with one question here. Okay. Okay. So all this, this, uh, this Eve conversation got me thinking. If Do you want to play Eve, <laughs> I'm gonna go download it right now. We'll have Don't. our own hot button. Do not. Squad. No. <laughs> no. 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 So there's this all this like endless amount of activities in this game, right? Like and this PVE and PVP and all this like this huge fucking interactive world where everything is affecting everything else. What would your profession be? In the sense of like, if Duh, you wanted to pirate, pirate's pretty good. I mean, I would be Han Solo. Obviously, I would be a smuggler. Like a smuggler, but there are no things like it's not like freelancers or that. But apparently, people in the game will just sit outside of Stargates and wait for traders to come in and, just <laughs> and then raid them. them and yeah, them. yeah, and that just sounds like a lot of fun. That's pretty good. All right, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not too far off from you. I think I'd want to be like a bounty hunter just for hire. Like just like pay me in game shit to do your in like well, if you don't get bonus, your hands dirty. If you're still listening this long after the plugs, <laughs> apparently during that great war 
the northern people were like, yeah, Band of Brothers is cheating. Fuck them. Mm -hmm. And since they didn't have a big fleet, they just scattered hundreds of their pilots to attack all of Band of Brothers' systems (laughs) at once. So they were like harassing them. And Band of Brothers was busy repairing a bunch of shit. They were like, we don't have time for you. We're dealing with the Red Swarm. So they paid a mercenary faction from like the other north to just go and wipe out the other players. (laughs) (laughs) Which they did. They came from the south with all these crazy swarm tactics and shit. And the north was like, we never seen this shit before. (laughs) Wiped them out. I want to run a bank. So that, can, so that I can embezzle it and pay for my kid's medical fund. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Yeah, this test link can pay for itself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it, if you listen... No, I'm not going to get into that. If you listen to certain YouTubers, the Tesla will pay for itself. Because oh, it's got no. self-driving. All right, I mean, that's it, guys. We're out of here. Good night. All right. Hotbuttoncast.com. Check it out. Yes. Bye. Bye.